Hello, this is Long Hauling with Lady Leah, coming to you from Oceanside, California. I know it's been quite a while since I created a podcast episode, and that is because I have just been so very ill and somewhat depressed, and really, I didn't want to express how I was feeling um, because it was quite negative for a long time, maybe about a past six weeks. So I've had a lot of blood work done, and it's very confusing. Um, my red blood cells are through the ceiling, and my white blood cells are almost, well, they're very low, very dangerously low. So now I have a referral to a hematologist. I see her in the early part of June. Um, that was kind of a funny story, so I'll tell that. It's a, a little bit of interest. You might have guessed that I, I'm a little bit of paranoid now about my health because every week it seems like I find out something new that's wrong with me from this post-COVID syndrome stuff. Well, um, after my last round of blood work came back, um, it it was just such bad, bad numbers, uh, and it was repeated, and the bad numbers were consistent, that they sent me to the hematologist. So <clears throat> the other day, I was looking at my MyChart account, and uh, I had a, an appointment for a motility test, which I took yesterday, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But anyway, underneath that, it said plus three more. So I clicked that, and it shows me um, that I have an appointment with the cancer center in Vista. And I'm like, what? Who who decided to send me to the cancer center? Do they think I have cancer? And I really kind of went a little bit crazy for about a half an hour until I figured out that actually it's the hematologist appointment that I just mentioned, but she she also is an oncologist, so I will be seeing her in the oncology location, um, but that is not her only specialty. So that was quite a, a interesting evening around here. <laughs> My husband was a little freaked out too, I think, when we saw that cancer center appointment. Uh, okay, so that hematology appointment is coming up next week also. Now about the motility test. Um, about maybe uh, October, I started having these episodes of uh, projectile vomiting, which I have never had in my life. And um, I do attribute it to post-COVID syndrome, or at least I did initially. Um, so <clears throat> I saw a doctor um, via video visit and... Um, he had some suggestions. Some of them were um, excellent. Some of them I disagreed with, not because it's bad advice, but because I personally cannot take the medication that he was recommending, which is that uh, propylene glycol stuff. It's the stuff that they give you when you, you're about to have a colonoscopy and you have to drink these two big jugs of liquid and you're in pain all night and crapping your guts out, and it's just miserable, right? Well, 
I'm constantly dehydrated now with this with this post-COVID syndrome. So uh, that that glycol stuff causes uh, your body to put all your water into your colon, which causes you to get cleaned out real good. And that's how that works. And so I really did not want to take that at all because of my dehydration issues. So anyway, the doctor is a very excellent doctor. It's just that I personally don't like that. So I rejected that particular bit of information and uh, accepted everything else he told me, um, which is basically the usual stuff, you know. Um, Anyway, so I had the test that he ordered, which is called a motility test yesterday. Now, this test, let me tell you, of all the things I've ever had test-wise in my entire 57 years of my life, this was worse than my least favorite, which is the colonoscopy, of course. And the colonoscopy itself isn't really that bad because they put you into a twilight sleep and you generally don't remember. However, I've had two colonoscopies now where I was awake. And the first one that I had while I was awake was when I was very young. Uh, I would say that I was in grade school. And I, my mother just dropped me off at the doctor, didn't tell me what the appointment was for or anything. And next thing you know, I had a nurse and a doctor holding me down, giving me an enema and... I mean, I was crying, and I was fighting them, and I was screaming for my mother, and she was nowhere to be seen, and it was just a horrific experience. Um, So I would say that that would have been my number one least favorite test in my whole life. Well, yesterday's test was definitely number two. So what they do is they take a, a tube. It appeared to be approximately six millimeters in diameter, and they thread that down through your nose after um, applying lidocaine uh, to your to your nose and let it go down your throat. And then you drink some lidocaine too. Um, and then they thread this tube. And it goes from your nose down, and it it went. In my case, it went between the vocal cord on my right side of my throat. Um, I could feel that it was there. I when I talked, I could feel that it was definitely right next to my two vocal cords on the right side. And it was extremely, extremely painful in that particular location. Well, that I have been a singer for most of my life. Um, early on, in just out of high school, I was in a band in Phoenix. And um, then after um, my divorce, I was a karaoke DJ for about six or eight years, something like that, in Florida. And so I really, uh, really was worried that I wouldn't be able to sing if if it caused permanent damage to my vocal cords. I was terrified of that. Um, and and I, I was writing my family and stuff last night about how much it hurt. That particular spot is still quite tender, but I can talk now. And I found out this afternoon that I can sing. Maybe I'll give you a little treat at the end of this podcast. We'll see. But anyway, um, so they thread this thing down into your stomach. And then you have to, first they have you uh, lay down on the bed. And 
they give you, I think, approximately 25 cc's or millimeters of saline solution. You drink it, or she squirts it into your mouth, and you swallow it. And this um, tube has, like, a bunch of little, um, I want to say diodes, but that's not the proper term. But what they do is they measure um, the pressure or the strength of your esophagus's ability to squeeze that tube, okay? And that is supposed to let them know if your vagal nerve is operating or if it has damage and if you have any maybe muscular problems or even maybe other items that I don't know about, but I'm sure I'll find out when I speak to the doctor who ordered that test next week. And anyway, so you have to swallow the the fluid and then you wait three minutes in between each swallow. And during that three-minute period, you can't cough, talk, or anything. Or you'll have to repeat that particular swallow again. So I was very <clears throat> extremely uh, attentive to my instructions. And I forced myself to not cough and not, you know, not do any of the things that the young lady uh, told me not to do. And what was supposed to be an hour, 45-minute long test, I'm happy to report that because of my ability to follow those instructions, because I was desperate to get that tube out, I got that test done in a record 36 or 38 minutes. Um, anyway, after you do the laying down part, then you do a sitting up time, and the very end of the test, you drink well, probably, it seemed to me, about two, maybe three ounces of water through a straw continuously without stopping until all that water is gone. And then <clears throat> they measure something for a while. And then I can't remember if I stood up <clears throat> right then or if I had to drink something else and then stand up. And then you have to stand up for five total minutes without coughing or talking, or sneezing, or any of that sort of thing. So, it was it was quite an ordeal. And when she pulled that tube out, I felt it catch on my on my vocal cord, and I really, really, really was scared that I had damage to my vocal cords. I mean, if you're not a singer, maybe you wouldn't be so worried as I was, but I was terrified that I would not be able to sing ever again or that my voice would become raspy and I really like my voice. So anyway, um, that was motility test and I don't have results yet, but I will let you know. Now, is this post-COVID related? I really don't know if it's post-COVID related. I can say with 100% certainty that while I've always had some problems with my gut, Specifically, I had a spastic colon, which was diagnosed back in the back in the day when I had that horrific colonoscopy that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, I've had it all my life, so this is not the same thing as a spastic colon. Obviously, it's in the stomach and the um, esophagus, so totally different parts of the body, and this is all new. But as I understand it. Vagal nerve problems can be a result of whiplash. Now, I've had at least six whiplashes 
three of which were major whiplashes, and I have either a hypo or hyperextended neck. And so that is probably, I'm, I'm thinking that's what they're going to tell me if I have a problem. They're going to tell me it's because of my neck and maybe not so much post-COVID. So anyway, I had that done. Um, I had all this blood work done, uh, multiple blood work done, and I had my uh, three high C um, infusion treatments. I'm through with that, and um, I'm happy that I'm through with that because I really don't like getting IVs, and I hope I don't have to repeat that because, yeah, it wasn't the best thing either. I don't like being stuck with a needle. Um, And then, uh, let's see. Anyway, well, I don't know. I just have had a lot of medical things going on. And as you know, I lost my son in February and was dealing with some more depression surrounding him being gone. And I just really couldn't bring myself here to talk to people and try to help them while I was feeling so blue because I didn't want you all to think I was going off the deep end. So anyway, um, I don't have more information about um, my specific case, but I wanted to let you know that there's a big push for America to sign on to this WHO treaty thing, which supersedes constitutional law if it's a treaty. And I think you all should be aware that this aims to make it so that your doctor cannot prescribe you ivermectin without being in fear of losing their license. And I think you should write to your congressmen, your senators. And if you live in California, they have a state bill that aims to do that outside of the WHO issue. So that is something you definitely don't want to happen if you live in California. It basically would put a lawyer-legislator in between your relationship with your doctor. And that's just not acceptable to me. So all this negative stuff, I told you I would try to sing a little something for you um, at the end of this podcast to prove that I did not lose my voice. So here we go. One, two, three. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Have a great week, everybody. Over and out.